0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
1: Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. The Fourth of July is a day usually filled with celebrations, fireworks, and, of course, food. And with all things barbecue, welcome to any 4th of July celebration. Today we'll talk with Patrick Bradley from Nothing But Smoke to share some barbecue tips. Also, we want to hear from you about the dishes that you'll have at your 4th of July cookout. From potato salad to peach cobbler, let us know what makes your summertime cookouts the best. All you have to do is give us a phone call to participate this morning. The number is one mpb ring It's one 672 7464 you can email the show as well. It's food at org. Good morning, Deborah. Hope you're doing well this morning.
2: Kevin, look, it doesn't get much better. I'm just Mississippi happy this morning, happy to see you. Um, I wasn't here uh, last week uh, out taking care of some business. So, yeah, I'm doing really good. And the weekend was so much fun. I got to see the fireworks um, uh, on Friday. They were absolutely beautiful. And it was so funny because the venue that I went to Apparently, people started showing up, like, at 7, because I did, and uh, at 8.30, most of the crowd left, and it was just really crazy, because I was, so then I called my friends, and I said, are they still doing the show, and they said yes, so it was the most beautiful, quiet display because it was only about 50 people that stayed and Mm. so it was just I I said it was just meant for me (laughs) the sky was lit up it was gorgeous and then on Saturday I had a very special invitation to a uh, punch and brunch uh, that was absolutely fantastic a whole lot of fun and uh, yeah so (laughs) just a great weekend
1: now see, that's my Fourth of July celebration, too, because I like fireworks, but I don't like fighting the crowds. And, you know, after they're over, everybody's rushing to to go home. So the fact that everybody that seems that odd, was though.
2: the weirdest thing, because, <laughs> you know, because I was sitting there and I, and I kept going. So did I are they not going to do the show? Did I miss something? Why is everybody leaving? <laughs> and then I call, so I call the people that were, you know, responsible. And they said, no, 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 the show starts at 930. And on time, immediately, the sky just started to light up. I got some really great shots. It was just absolutely beautiful. And then, Kevin, to top it off, uh, while I was at the fireworks show, someone called me, my friend Christina, and she was you know, really excited because they did a really great article on us this week in the uh, Madison Hometown magazine. So thank you very much for that. It was a beautiful article about... Um, our cookbook, My Delicious Mississippi Life. So this has just been a yummy weekend, Kevin.
1: We're going to have to start rolling out the red carpet for you when you come in.
2: No, all I ever want to do <laughs> is see your gorgeous face and, you know, just for you to love me, Kevin. I'm good.
1: <laughs> the future's so bright, you got to wear shades.
2: Ooh, let me pull them down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you got uh, our 4th of July celebration off to a delicious start this morning, a couple of real home runs for sure. Uh, and so uh, tell us first about... Um, the, the The things you brought, and then we'll kind of get into that.
2: So I brought you, of course, you know, it's the Fourth of July, and it's this whole thing that we do celebrating independence, you know eighteen seventy seven and then you know the Battle of Independence from Britain and um, and so today to celebrate, I brought in some traditional things, which was a potato salad and some barbecue chicken. and of course, there's always this honey twist on everything that I do. So I'd brought in a smoky, roasted, pecan potato salad kevin and everybody of that potato salad is unexpected and absolutely delicious uh, the potatoes are cut into uh, very large uh, chunks and then they are uh, glazed with olive oil salt pepper a few other spices that i use and i bake them until they're really crispy i allow them to cool i also grill up the corn and i toast the pecans that are in there and then I fold it all together in a secret sauce. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then I also got up this morning and I was feeling very inspired. I started to use a a company brand that I use all the time. And I said, no, I feel adventurous today. And I made a homemade barbecue sauce. And it is a orange barbecue sauce. And it's the perfect level of tackiness that, you you know, because I don't like my barbecue sauce to be really runny when I, you know, especially on my chicken. I want to have that nice Beautiful tacky glaze on the chicken. Oh, it's just absolutely fantastic.
1: Yeah, the flavor was just really outstanding. And one thing that you told me um, that you do to your chicken to kind of keep it moist, but also I think kind of plumps it up. Tell us about that.
2: Well, you know, I always brine the chicken before I cook it. You know, and especially, you know, if you're going to be doing the grill, sometimes you tend to, it will dry out over a period of time. But brining, I find out, will, uh, you know, allow you a little bit of elasticity and moistest in the chicken, and it just makes it really juicy when you get that bite. So if you're going to, you know, be barbecuing, you know, over the weekend or, you know, on Wednesday or whatever, just go ahead and brine that chicken. Um, For me, it's uh, 24 hours before. Up to two hours is really good, Uh, and you can find a simple brine recipe uh, in my delicious Mississippi life, or you can go online and find, um, you know, a recipe for a really simple brine.
1: And it's primarily a a salt water type bath or something.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but with the brine that I use, of course, there's a, you know, there are levels of seasonings that I, you know, to develop a particular taste. Uh, in that chicken, because you want to get really great flavor, you you want the chicken, the vinegar and the salt and you know the sugar in the water, you know helps to give you that really uh, soft, juicy bite that you want. But you also want to infuse some flavors in there as well.
1: Well, and kudos for that homemade barbecue sauce because that really was good. And then, um... well, Kevin,
2: you were making noise, and so you know I always say <laughs> that I know I've done good when you when you when you bite into food, you do this thing. You you bite into it, your your face like. Up, you nod your head and you make noise. It's just <laughs> like beautiful.
1: <laughs> well, you know, and the potato salad was really good too. Put, you know, I mean. I like that you you you'll take something sort of traditional and you put your own spin on it. And to me, the the corn in there and the and the nuts and I think you said raisins also. Yeah, so yeah, and those big chunks of potatoes that was that was really good.
2: Well, I, I like to think of you know pota- food has either a masculine bite or a feminine bite. You know, and and sometimes with potato salads we do it really creamy and kind of soft. But this really has more of a masculine bite. It holds up, pairs up really well with your ribs or your chicken. It's and it's really beautiful to look at, and then. And then, like you said, you get that really robust taste of potato when you bite into it. So, yeah.
1: Well, I have uh, decided that I like, um, you know, I like chicken breasts, but a lot of times when you cook them, they don't really cook very well, at least in my experience, uh, some maybe sometimes dried out or not cooked through enough. Uh, so uh, when I made some chicken salad a couple weeks ago, um, it suggested butterflying the chicken and and hammering it out with a mallet. And so... Uh, I did that again last night, got a chicken breast, and I'm getting actually pr- kind of proud of myself. I'm getting pretty good at butterflying a uh, chicken breast, so I did that and, again, pounded it out. So it's a nice, big, uh, kind of flat piece of chicken. Uh, put a little olive oil in the skillet and uh, cook that up and with some spices on there, so... I think that's my new method of uh, of cooking chicken breast because again, it, it, it's a good p- cut of meat and it I think it makes it kind of an even cut uh, cook all the way through.
2: Absolutely. And to, to be able to butterfly it and pound it out, Kevin, is, you know, it's how you get your chicken fried steak. It's also, uh, ch- you know, your chicken parmesan, those kinds of bites that we love. But you're right. It does help to add the moistness in the chicken to thin it out a little bit because one of the problems with chicken breast a lot of times, the reason that you end up with that bite that's really dry is because it It is a very thick piece of Mm -hmm. meat. And so even, you know, just to be able to slice it in half will uh, help, you know, to keep you from drying that meat out so so much. But to butterfly it and pound it out, I think, is perfect.
1: And, you know, it's fun to get that mallet out and start whacking on the chicken. Get rid of the stress, (laughs) baby. (laughs) Although uh, my cat, who uh, much to my chagrin, likes to sit on the counter and watch uh, me cook food, prepare food, Uh, When I brought them out, Kevin,
2: you know that's a no-no in my kitchen, right? (laughs) I love the cat, but you know he's going to have to be in the other room while I'm cooking. He,
1: it's interesting because every time I come home from the grocery store, he hops up on the counter, walks over, and it's like he has to investigate and see if anything is there for him. Uh, but <laughs> when I started brought up the mallet, he he quickly vacated the kitchen. So.
2: <laughs> he saw the aggression on your face,
1: Kevin. <laughs> so, um, what are some other uh, things that you like to cook in a, a Fourth of July celebration?
2: I don't like to cook anything on Fourth. Okay, I want to well, be invited over to your place, Kevin, and just kind of hang out. You know. And sit by the pool and- let me
1: rephrase <laughs> what other sorts of food do you like to eat at your fourth of july cookout
2: oh absolutely everything kevin you know this is the this is the perfect time you have, you know to bring out those cool salads because it's hot in mississippi i think a um, couple of days we got like in the upper um, or early 100s mm-hmm. so it's pretty hot and it's and it's the kind of heat that makes you realize that air conditioners are just like god's gift to human <laughs> beings um but it's uh um, I love the idea that we get to do ribs. That's one of my favorite bites. I, I like the pork rib versus the beef rib, but if the beef rib is cooked right, I'll, you know, I'll go in. Uh, this is a perfect time to do the hot dogs. You know, it's it's all of those traditional things that we love, your watermelons, your pineapples, all your fruit, all the favorite cool drinks, you know, bring out the the little kiddie pool, the adult pool. And then, you know, choosing the time of day, of course, if you're outside in Mississippi is very important. Either you're going to do something really, really early in the morning or late in the evening because it's too hot. And I want everybody to be really careful about how uh, you're hanging out in the in the heat because we want everybody to be safe.
1: I saw something uh, online that reminded me. I love uh, grilled uh, like uh, pineapple rings. Uh, And then also the other thing I like to do is uh, get some squash and some zucchini, uh, cut it up into big chunks. Marinate it with a little bit of Italian dressing and and grill those vegetables as well. I think that's a fun oh, uh, way to add to your uh, Fourth of July celebration.
2: Yeah, but you know, the, again, the thing, the fun thing to do is uh, also, Kevin. This is the perfect time for you not to do all the cooking. You know, um, so in our family, everybody has a particular dish that they're really, really good at. This is the time for your whole family to shine. Those cousins are going to be stopping by with the to-go plates. You know, their <laughs> ones. Get them to bring you know something as well. So. Everybody gets to participate, you know, and, you know, it's always going to be that family member that only wants to bring the drinks every year. So everybody (laughs) still gets to bring something and let's have a really good time.
1: I'll bring plates and napkins. <laughs> we need to take a break. After the break, we'll talk with our resident grill master, Patrick Bradley, from Nothing But Smoke, about some grilling tips that you can use during your 4th of July cookout. Also, our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you about what you'll serve at your summertime celebration. Give us a call. The phone number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's one 672 We'll be back with more of the show after this. Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. It's a couple days early, but we're celebrating the 4th of July today, talking about uh, some things that uh, you would have for your 4th of July summer celebration. We've got some open phone lines, so if you have a favorite thing that you like to prepare and bring to your southern summertime, summertime gathering, give us a call because the number is one mpb ring It's one 672 7464. You can always email the show food at mpbonline.org. A lot of folks like to grill during um, Fourth of July celebrations, so we brought our resident grill master Patrick Bradley from Nothing But Smoke, who's on the phone with us to share some grilling tips that anyone can use during their Fourth of July cookout. Uh, Patrick, always good to hear from you. Thanks for being on the show again. Good morning. Good hey, morning. good
2: morning, Kevin. I just want you to say Anthony. It's just say it.
0: <laughs> say,
2: hey, good morning, Anthony.
0: <laughs> good morning, <Ms>. Dev.
2: <laughs> How are you today?
0: Uh, I'm sorry. Good
1: morning, Nia.
0: <laughs> insider, insider.
1: <laughs> so, uh, outside How of uh, tailgating season, this is probably the time of year when most people uh, think about grilling. Uh, what would you say are some tips let's jump right into the thing um okay how do you prepare your grill to have a good uh summertime cookout
0: well uh this this is the season to be grilling um this is uh this is one of the most exciting times i guess of the year um everybody you know Cooking, uh, get just, yeah, y'all got me excited this morning just listening <laughs> in uh, from just the prepping part. But it is a preparation type situation. Um, I think the hardest part is the prep to me. Um uh, depends on what you're cooking, um, whether it's from the sides or to the, to the main course, which is the, the famous meats, uh, the beefs or the porks or the chickens or, you know, whatever of that nature. Uh, but for the most part, uh, the 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 preparedness um, for what you're going to do and the people that you're about to entertain, um, you know, I'm I'm a low and slow guy, so it just all depends. Uh, if I'm working busy, you got to you know crank it up a little bit, make it a little faster. Uh, and get the the product out there.
2: So, Patrick, really quickly, talk to me about getting the grill right because sometimes that's the hardest part, you know, for especially novice like myself. So, you know, I bought this really fancy-smancy grill, and, uh, you know, it's the holiday, and it's going to be my first time barbecuing for (laughs) a group of friends. So tell me how to get it right so that I don't start a volcano on my grill.
0: (laughs) It, It depends on which gadget you have. Um, you know, they got the eggs, they have the gas grills, you have the charcoal grills, you have the stick burners. Uh, it's, it's so many different types of, uh, you know, ways of, of cooking. Um, me personally, I am a stick burner, indirect cooker. I do not, um, most times that people that cook with uh, either charcoal or what have you, it's a direct cook. So even with the direct cook, which majority of people will be doing, uh, this Wednesday or, or whenever they're cooking, um, not too many colds because that, that typically the more colds, the hotter the, your, your piece is going to be. And, uh, the, the more you have to fight the fire or, you know, and then once you put that meat on there, you know, that's where you get those great crispy, you know, whatever you're <laughs> cooking, the crispiness or the darkness. Uh, but it's, it's really maintaining that heat, um, and it's, it's no different than the kitchen setup, which uh, people deal with the different degrees, uh, 185, 200 degrees, or 225, or whatever that nature. If you keep it within that, that, that degree temp, you will be fine with, with cooking.
2: Okay, so of course you know we're having this conversation because I've grilled before, but we want to you know for people who don't know. So so be, I'm going to put my charcoals on. How am I? What am I going to start this with? Is there a particular lighter fluid? Am I
0: just just a lighter fluid um, of that nature? Uh, some people now they use the um, they go they go without using that particular chemical um, and just long as it's a a good starter, uh, but. Typically, uh, lighter fluid is the, is the quicker mechanism to uh, starting the fire. Okay. And once that fire burns, uh, do not go directly and start to put meat on the grill. Give it an ample amount of time to actually burn all that that chemical debris off. And the charcoals will turn a certain color. Um, and once those charcoals have, have turned that color, then therefore it is now ready for um, for the meat to go on, and it cooks it the way
3: you want it to cook.
1: Yeah, Patrick, I think a lot of uh, novice uh, grill masters uh, kind of rush the charcoal, and, and, and you're saying, I guess, you need to wait to where it really kind of, all of the it, charcoal it ashes over to get that grayish color?
0: It typically typically takes about 20 to 30 minutes for it to actually burn down. And once it burns down, once <laughs> all of that is burnt down, now it's actual ash or what have you. And that's where your, that's where your heat is. You spread it out across the, across your panel. And from there, you know, you got a, you got a real, you, if you're cooking, you would know which side is hotter. So you put, you, you typically put the thicker meats on the hotter side and the lighter meat and the vegetables on the warmer side. You don't want them to, 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 to burn to a crisp.
1: And actually, you can really just kind of use your hand uh, and and tell where your hot spots on the grill are.
2: <laughs> no, well, not no, no, no. yeah, stick I, it down. No, I, just, <laughs> I just had this vision of.
1: <laughs> well,
0: well, you, typically, but they're you know the grills that they're making today are are uh, most of them have temperature gauges. Okay, um, and so you would know how hot that actual. Grill is uh, for me. I don't. I don't use the temperature gauges. I you know. I cite the hand gesture. I, I. I. I've done it so long. I. I kind of know what temperature it is and what I need to do and how. I. How I go about doing it.
2: And even so if that's
0: for, that's for the. That's for me. But for anybody <laughs> that's trying to go by the book. You know, yeah. Stick your hand in,
2: Kevin. Yeah, hand in. Yeah, so even if your grill doesn't come with a uh, a temperature gauge, those are one of those things that you can run out to Walmart and buy. You know, specifically for the grill, so that you can check the temperature of yes, your coals. Yes, yeah.
1: Yes. Um, what about that? Uh, I've seen where it's actually the whole bag of charcoal. You light that up. A, a kind of a, a a cheating way or a, a kind of a shortcut. Uh do you think those uh those products are are good for someone just starting out?
0: Um I think I would just if 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 there are instructions, you know, I say follow the guidelines, of the instructions. <laughs> uh, typically, you know, I'm not a charcoal cooker, so I don't really know about the, the little new stuff they're bringing out. Uh I'm, I'm just that old school kind of guy where you light that you light that log, that stick and you know, hey you go for it. But I'm not I'm not objective to the the bag burners or what have you. Just, you know, just be careful what you're doing. I, I wouldn't, typically I wouldn't suggest it, but if you can read and you can follow instructions, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Absolutely. you can
0: go for it.
1: All right. Um, also, you mentioned, uh, and you've been on the show with us before and have mentioned this before, that you are a low and slow kind of guy. Remind us exactly what that means.
0: Low and slow is it typically takes if you direct direct cookers um, in the essence of cooking something will only take minutes or thirty forty forty five minutes to hours type situation but for me low and slow if I'm smoking something uh in a sense i I give myself a a two hour window um from start to finish, actually, when I, you know, get the cold, uh, the, the wood right, um, and in the process of, you know, putting the meat on or what have you, it typically takes for a good fire about an hour, hour and a half, maybe just because it's, it's low or slow. I really, you know, I'm not really having to, to go out and fight the fire or, you know, do this to do that to it. It's just, it, it works within itself. So that's my lowest slope, uh, part of, of the cooking deal.
2: And a lot of that, would that have to do, too, with the size of the meat that that you are actually cooking? Like, if you're doing a whole hog, you really do want to be able to have, you know, sometimes as much as 24 hours or longer, just depending on the size of the hog, when you're talking about low and slow.
0: Yeah, a, t- a typical hog, it depends on the size. Uh, my The hogs that I have done in the past uh, typically takes around... About, uh, 12 to about 14, 15 hours. So I will start on it maybe like a Thursday night or Thursday evening with the prepping of it at, at six o'clock. And I should have the, I should have it on, on the grill about eight. And from eight o'clock that night until roughly two, three o'clock, the next afternoon, when I'm when I'm done with it, so that's a that's a real low and slow <laughs> situation. But you know, a perfect perfect hog on, on my end.
1: Uh, so uh, for someone who has a gas grill, uh, I guess my one thought because I used to have one would be don't necessarily turn every burner on full. That that's the the I guess the advantage of a gas grill is that you can have maybe. Spots on the grill that are a little bit cooler than other spots, right. For uh, vegetables with, with, and things.
0: With the gas deal, um, of course, you know you 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 don't want to blast it. Uh, typically, with that, you you know you you if you're going to cook like boneless chicken or what have you, it's not going to take a whole lot of time uh, with that gas grill because that's a direct cooker. Uh, but but if it's, I think. Then typically with six eyes on the on the gas grill, so the, the first two or three you would have your chicken or your ribs on that side, but then on that far end side you would have those typically a little lower, or they have the up the up top rack which is nowhere near the fire, which you could put your vegetables or steam your asparagus or something of that nature. That way it will not uh, would burn. But uh, yes, that the. The grill you have to monitor that, that gas grill because it's it's a direct it's a direct heat. Mm-hmm.
1: And I guess what uh, other tip would be um, to not mess with things. I think a lot of us have the, the you get a little anxious and so you're always checking the grill, opening the grill to see how it is, flipping things around that sort of thing. But it's it's almost like a set it and forget it where you want to let the the meat cook without too much disturbance.
0: Consistency is the key. Um, when you're typically when you're the raising up. Well, that grill, that's taking your temperature away. It's, 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 almost like when grandmother was in the kitchen cooking, she always tell you, do not go touch that stove <laughs> because if she's, especially if she's baking a cake, mm-hmm. um, and, 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 and Nia knows highly well of cake baking. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Deborah. <laughs> uh, that you do not disturb that cake at any time because it has to have a consistent time frame and once that time frame is up then you go in and do what you need to do with the cake grill wise same thing uh if you know you got something on there it typically needs to cook uh for a, a, a some amount of time and then but don't keep going in and going in and going in that that right there you will never get the food done
2: and then you, you also end that. up tearing up your your meat, and you don't end up with this really beautiful product that you right. want on your plate the at the end. Is, yes. it was
0: it's me everything. Everything. Presentation it's everything. Absolutely.
1: All right, uh, need to take a quick break. Patrick, want to thank you for joining us and giving some grilling tips. Help us uh, make a successful uh, Fourth of July outing. When we get back, we'll speak with a Mississippi serviceman whose barbecue sauce could be at your Fourth of July celebration this week. Also, we still want to hear from you about what makes your Fourth of July summer cookout special. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 Back with more after this.
0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
1: Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. We're celebrating the 4th of July a couple of days early on the show this morning. We've been talking about uh, what to bring to a 4th of July cookout. Before the break, we talked with our friend Patrick Bradley from Nothing But Smoke who gave us some grilling tips. In just a minute, we're going to talk to... Um,
2: James Lee
1: James Lee about uh, his uh, uh, barbecue sauce but first we do have a caller on the line so let's say good morning to Mike in Waveland. Mike thanks for joining us.
3: Hi good morning I'm doing things a little differently I'm going to go with a digital smoker and um, just do a couple of racks of ribs about four cornish hens two chickens and two pork lines.
2: Wow. Well now that's a nice piece of equipment.
3: Yeah I think it's a good, I think it's I like grill, but I thought I'd just smoke this time around. And um, I bought my uh, my electric smoker, and I love it. So I decided that's going to be my menu, along with a lemon pecan potato salad and oh, a uh, wow. southern style fruit salad with coconut and pecan.
1: Oh, That sounds good. So,
2: so did you say Kevin and I had personal invitations to come <laughs> hang out with you? I'm just saying <laughs> we'll bring food and to-go plates. <laughs>
1: Mike, that, oh, yeah. Mike, that's a lot of cooking. Who are you cooking for?
3: Yeah. Huh?
1: Who are you cooking for?
3: I'm cooking for just friends.
1: Okay, wow. Um,
3: I have I have a house overlooking the water in Waveland, and uh, we'll see the fireworks readily available to us uh, that night.
2: Oh, wow, that's going to be fantastic. So being yeah. being in that area, so other than uh, putting the ribs and stuff, will you choose to use any fresh fish or seafood um
3: uh yeah I thought about it. I have some salmon uh that I'm thinking on throwing on there too, because I have a few salmon that's crowd back and uh portioned out and in my freezer, and I'll probably put a few of those out as well
1: so Mike, you mentioned the smoker. What do you like about uh using the smoker to to cook up your meats
3: well it it, it it's a no brainer you know you set the timer. And you just uh, let it go, and then occasionally check the wood, make sure that it's that it's still stoking. And um, I mean, it's it's just a great invention, and I love it.
2: <laughs> you know, there's this whole um, conversation in competitions when they're doing these uh, barbecue competitions about whether or not this is an equipment that is really, you know, one that uh, tests your your uh, skill. So, what would you say to that, Mike?
3: Um, I think think the texture is there. Uh, The food is pretty moist when it comes out. I have no problem with it whatsoever. Sometimes I'll do like a little Cajun injection, you know. Mm -hmm. I'll do like a a garlic butter or whatever, and um, that that keeps it moist for the most part.
1: Uh, Do you have a favorite wood that you like to use?
3: Well, I actually have three right now. I got the hickory, the pecan, and the mesquite.
1: And do you think that each one has a unique flavor uh, that yes. they add to the meat?
3: Yes, I do. So which yeah. is your
2: favorite?
3: I, I, I The pecan wood. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: It's also probably one of the most expensive uh, woods to use when you're um, grilling, but it is. It has a really wonderful flavor to it. So do you create an, any special... I know you said you had the garlic butter. Are there any other special sauces that you're creating when you're cooking?
3: Um, sometimes I'll just like, I, I make my own blackened spice, and I'll mix that with a little bit of butter, and I'll use that as, a, like, like, a semi-spicy Cajun injection. Um, and then, um, for the most part, uh, lemon butter is also real, a real good way to go with chicken and Cornish hen. Uh, it lends itself very well to those particular poultry's.
1: Wow, Mike, that sounds like quite a celebration you've got uh, brewing there, so appreciate you calling in and sharing with us this morning.
3: Oh, no problem. Y'all have a good fourth. Right. Happy
2: fourth to you, Mike. Thanks
1: for the call. Uh, now on the line, we are joined by James Lee from Biloxi, and we're going to talk about his award-winning barbecue sauce. James, thanks for joining us on the program.
2: Good morning, James.
4: Good morning, good
1: morning.
2: So now you are actually still in New York, is that correct?
4: Yes, I'm at we still in New York at the uh fancy food show, the specialty uh foods. So how's so, that going? Oh, it's going great. I mean, people are coming from all over the world. They're loving the Jay Lee's product and uh we're excited about what's going on.
1: James, tell us about your background.
4: Oh, okay. I'm uh I'm from Biloxi, Mississippi. I'm a retired army soldier, uh vet, and uh hey I, what, I, what I've done, I've been uh, all over the world, basically, and um, I started uh, doing this barbecue sauce back in 99. My dad gave me a base for my product, and uh, we took it to Korea, Germany, and uh, the Korean nationals loved it, the German nationals loved it, uh, of course, the Americans loved it, and the uh, soldiers on different uh, bases that I uh, I uh, served at, and um, we just got it bottled mid to late 2013.
1: And so is it based kind of on an old family recipe?
4: Uh, not really. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, you,
2: so your dad gave you a recipe and you kind of add, you've tor- you tweaked it a little bit. I said torqued, you tweaked it a little bit.
4: Well, my dad gave me a base to start, you know, where I need to start at. And, uh, I started doing my own thing and, uh, like I, I started making it for cookouts, different events, you know, while serving in the army. And, uh, the product, uh, like I say, we released it uh, mid to late 2013. We got it in the bottles. And uh, we uh, won uh, three titles with it, uh, 2016, 2017, and 2018 uh, with Barbecue Superstars where uh, sauces come in from all over the world uh, wow. to be right. So, uh, yeah, that's what we've done so far. And uh, we was in the Oscar swag back in 2016.
1: All right.
2: So when did you have that aha moment that you knew that this was going to be a product worth producing?
4: Well, uh, I'm basically like a perfectionist. I mean, I, I want to give uh, families what, you know, I want, I, I would give my family and uh, what we wanted to do is make a, a quality product. I didn't, I'm, everywhere I go, uh, like the different places, I eat at the same restaurant. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't change. It's different restaurants in different cities that I go to, but I don't change what I order on the menu, you know, especially if I <laughs> like it. I'm one of those type of people. So uh, <clears throat> my whole thing is like, I mean, we got to make it right. You know, I don't want to never release anything without it being right. So, I mean, it, it started back then, and I knew that, hey, uh, this is going to change lives. So, you know, like I said, I used to do it for cookouts Cookhouse. My partners, they used to be like, hey, man, you make – well, I mean, where, where you get this sauce from? What you got on that meat? And i tell them I made it, and they wouldn't believe it, and they would go into the commissaries and go into stores trying to find the product, different <laughs> products. They couldn't <laughs> ever find it, and they finally, you know, eventually believed me. <laughs> you know.
2: So how did you start this whole process? You know, for those who are listening to us today who are, um, you know, thinking about getting into the food market and they created something at home, what was the first step that you took?
4: Well, the first step, we we took was, uh, you know, I tell you, God blessed the product. That's who blessed it. And uh, the first step, you got you to gotta believe in what you're doing. And it, it's a hard work and dedication. You know, hard work and dedication. That's what you got to uh, know. Uh, we started out going down under a bridge to the farmer's market. And uh, we, we took it under there and the people was loving it. We met a guy named Rodney Latner from Past Christian, Mississippi. And uh, he was selling watermelons and a uh, uh, very great guy. And uh, he told me, he came over to where I was standing by my table and said, hey, man, let me taste this sauce. Put some on my finger. And we put some on his finger, and he tasted and he told me, he said, man, you need to get this stuff in stores. And I said, well, what do I need to do? And uh, he told me to go over to uh, Nico's Family Market over there in Pasch He said, you need to leave right now, and you need to tell them to put this in the store. <laughs> tell them I sent you. <laughs> and uh, I packed up right then and did what he said, and uh, it worked.
2: Wow
1: so james uh when you grill for your friends and family what are some things that you like to put on the grill
4: uh i like to smoke uh ribs and uh chicken um different things like that you know i try to do things uh <laughs> I, I try to do it the easy way now you know after you and i think you, when you first saw you start on these regular grills you know for people who are just beginning um the guy kind of hit it on the nail everything he told you was true the first call that came in and um I tell you, you just got to make sure once you learn how to, you know, control your temperature and everything like that, you know, hey, everything goes uh, easy from there. You know, you start to get into a point where you want to graduate. You want to get into the, uh, smokers that you don't have to, you don't, you don't have to work too hard. You don't have to slave over the fire too much. Because when I first started, I can tell you right now, I put lighter fluid on there, forgot I put lighter fluid, went out there and lit it up. Burnt my eyebrows, all kinds of stuff, <laughs> <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> So, you know, when you, I'm saying when you first start learning, I mean, you run into that type of stuff, you know?
2: So how long have you been doing this again?
4: Uh, I've been uh, making the sauce since 99. Well, but we got it bottled mid to late 2013, and we got it to our first store around 2014.
1: And is it just one, or do you have a variety of sauces?
4: Uh, we have a variety of sauces. We got the original and spicy, which we won these world championships uh, with. And we just uh, uh, released five new products on the uh, 19th of May. So we're getting a lot of large requests for those. We got a diabetic-friendly sauce, which is going crazy right now, uh, for people that have diabetes. But not only for people who have diabetes, but uh, it's got 13 grams of sugar, which is doctor-approved, but it's made with agave.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: So... Uh, we, use, I mean, we got a, a salad dressing out which is called Jay uh, Lee Southern Dressing. We had a clearly hot sauce, a marinade, and we also have a sweet heat, which which people love. It.
2: So, if I was in looking for your sauce today, where do I go to find it?
4: Uh, on the Gulf Coast, you can go to Walmart. You can go to the Rouses. All the Rouses, even in Louisiana, all the Rouses carry the product. Uh, Silver Slipper Casino. You can go to the buffet if you want to try. It. They have the original spicy and the diabetic down there. Uh, you can go to some Publix and get it at Publix. You can also order it online at Amazon.com, or you can go to uh, www.jleesauce.com and also order it.
1: And uh, you're helping out homeless vets as well. Tell us about that.
4: Oh yeah, we we did. I, first thing we did, we did a uh, Jay Lee Celebrity Charity Basketball Game. We had celebrities come in and uh, play basketball down at the Croc Center, uh, raise money uh, for the vets. And uh, we, we donate the money straight to the vets. Matter of fact, when we do an event like that, we give all the money to, to the vets. So what we do is we have a representative from Jay Lee's, a representative from the Croc Center, uh, and a representative from the uh, Back Bay Mission that house homeless vets right there in Biloxi, Mississippi. And uh, we donate to those guys. And also, we try to, I mean, sometimes we just do things. I mean, our thing is about giving, man, you know, helping those who are less fortunate and stuff like that. Because, you know, this is it's bigger than me. This salt is bigger than me. And it's it's not about me, but it's about what God is doing in my life and uh, using us as a tool to help others.
2: That is truly the spirit of Mississippi. As I was coming in and I was listening to Karen Brown's show, one of the statements that was made in, in a mission was that Mississippi is one of the most patriotic uh, states in the union and to be able to celebrate and give back uh, James to uh, veterans is a very heartfelt and necessary uh, mission uh, and so we're very very proud of uh, you for that and we pray that this product uh, becomes a worldwide staple
4: oh yeah we really appreciate you like I tell everybody you know uh you know I man tell you one thing but i tell you what everything that is possible for man is possible with god so and I, I believe that and you know what i'm saying and that's what we thrive off of and hey i remember people telling me hey man you you ain't gonna be able to get this sauce into stores it took them eight years to get in stores but hey it only took me 13 weeks so wow you know, great-
2: wow i got goosebumps man <laughs> All right,
1: uh, James, uh, thanks Thank for joining you. us. That's J. Lee Barbecue Sauce. You can find that at a number of uh, stores on the Gulf Coast. And as he said, uh, you can also order it online. So thanks to James Lee uh, for joining us today. We'll take one final break. When we get back, we've got some open phone lines still interested in what is going to be on your 4th of July cookout. Give us a call if you'd like to join the conversation. The number is one mpb ring It's one 672 We'll be back with more after this. no matter if you use an app to start your car or still have a flip phone. Everyday tech can decipher today's technology for tomorrow's solutions. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or the MPB public media app. Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. I'm Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. We started our 4th of July celebration a couple of days early. We've been talking about things to uh, grill and eat on a 4th of July celebration. We've talked with uh, Patrick Bradley from Nothing But Smoke about some grilling tips and just talked with James Lee from Biloxi about his J. Lee barbecue sauce. So uh, we are now have some open phone lines ready to hear from you about what you like to cook uh, during your 4th of July celebration. The number is one mpb ring It's one 672-7464. You know, uh, my dad was uh, a big griller, and so he, I can remember uh, many uh, summer nights when he would be out on the back porch grilling up some food for us to eat. He would go crazy and grill just about anything you could possibly grill on the grill, uh, grilled <laughs> peas, bread, everything. Um, but my brother, uh, who lives in Hattiesburg, has be- sort of become the grill master of the family, and it's kind of cool because he is still using the same a uh, grill that my dad used for many years Get uh, here. Uh, so but he does a really good job uh, you know uh, for uh, for Easter a lot of times we actually have some grill he does good uh, uh pork and, and chicken as well so uh, and he and that's the one that, that we we're talking about Patrick Bradley my tip was you know don't mess with things and he's real good about He gets it out there, gets a full grill going, and does not kind of poke at it or or look at it. He lets it do the thing there. Uh, So shout out to him for his barbecue skills.
2: Oh, absolutely. And speaking of your brother, Kevin, I'm really excited because we're going to be visiting him um, on the 14th of July. We're Uh going to be hanging out at the library. So if he wants to barbecue that day, I'm not going to be mad. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, the thing to remember, too, is the 4th of July is a whole lot more than just barbecue. And this is the time now to pull out all those delicious sides, you know, your potato salad, your mac and cheese, all of your uh, salads, you know and we live here in Mississippi so you got tons of vegetables to choose from this is a great uh, blend for you know your whole family whether you are a, a carnivore like I am or you've got friends and family that are true vegetarians everybody can enjoy it's also a perfect time to create new flavors for ice cream kevin <laughs> and so as i was sitting here i was like i'm going home and try to make a barbecue ice cream you know as oh, we're wow. coming up with all of these amazingly different flavors but when we were, as we were talking, I, it's like the light bulb came on. So, you know, who knows? You might have a little barbecue ice cream coming your way. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I mean, I, I love all the side items. Like you said, your potato salad was really good. And, and you know, anytime there's macaroni and cheese to be had, uh, I'm certainly lining up for, for a big plate of that. Uh, but also, you know, fruit salad, a mixed fruit salad, maybe some uh, watermelon with some uh, pineapples or some uh, honeydew melon is one of my favorite melons. Cantaloupe. I like not as much as the honeydew, but something about that fresh summertime fruit, just a you know cool a sweet bite uh, is a real additive to any grilling
2: out. Absolutely, too, Kevin. And then it's also a great way to keep your children away from all the really sugary drinks, taking those fresh fruits like your pineapples, and your apples and your oranges and adding them to water a few hours early so that that flavor is really infused. in. I also like to, you know, use a little basil and mint to intensify that flavor. And and if they're outside running around and playing, and if that's cool enough, they will not complain about having, you know, all the extra soda and sugar that you you were trying to keep them away from.
1: You know, another thing, you mentioned ice cream, and if you have... uh one of those old-fashioned ice cream hand crank machines. That would be oh, a fun thing to do yeah. for, because uh, that's something where everybody, you know, again, I remember uh, visiting Cousins uh, in New York uh, summers ago where they had one of those, and that's a lot of fun because, you know, it takes a while, so, you know, it's the anticipation. It's going to be good, you know, when you get ready. But it's like everybody can take a little time hand doing the hand crank and... Uh, that was always a lot of fun, and it's it's just a, a good thing to enjoy. Uh, and again, you know, it's the anticipation, knowing that you're going to get that fresh homemade ice cream, which I think is, is certainly... I mean, I like store-bought ice cream, but it just does it's not compare like to the only. creamy smoothiness of the, that you can get from that hand crank.
2: And, and it's also a great way to get your kids to put down their um, cellular devices <laughs> and their iPads because children really do want to be engaged. And this is a great way to do that. You know, like you said, not the electric ice cream maker, but to get the old hand crank and, you you know, pull out your ice. And your rock salt, mm-hmm. and you know, and you just and you turn. It's a great way to build those little muscles, and so <laughs> you know, and so you really want to create those kind of activities around food too, where they're using a lot of energy. So you know, at the end of the day, you can give them a nice bath and put them in bed, and you don't have
1: to worry <laughs> about it. <laughs> you know, another thing uh, that uh, at least with uh, charcoal grills is the is the toasted marshmallows. That was always a lot of fun. Oh yeah, and of course, I've you know I've never done them, but s'mores are are big for. Uh, summertime uh, cookouts, I think.
2: Absolutely. And then, you know, uh, not just the grills, but this is also a great time to create barn fires, you know. And uh, I was thinking as Patrick was talking, uh, even uh, roasting hogs in the ground, to even be able to see that is such an extraordinary because it's a lot of work that goes into it. Uh, And to be able to have those kind of experiences with your family, it just creates lasting memories. And it really does. It's about celebrating uh, you know, the freedom especially that we have here in this country to do so many things together as a family. So I think it's just important to get out and have lots of fun and lots of food and, and just enjoy yourself.
1: So if you're invited to a gathering and you know there's going to be, you know, a, a lot of different people, maybe friends and family, what what do you think are some safe things to bring that you're pretty sure that will you won't have to take a lot of home leftovers?
2: Um, napkins, spoons, <laughs> forks. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the, the thing that we were talking about, too, in the in the break is one of the things uh, that drives me bananas is to see a lot of food being wasted. And that happens a lot of times when you're having these kind of gatherings. So to make sure that you are, you know, preparing food, preparing it in, in portions. And one of the things that we do uh, is just kind of treat it like a service line. So even though you have all of this food out, there's always somebody that's volunteering. You know, you got that auntie that won't keep everybody straight in the family anyway, uh, you know, to get her to serve the food. Or you know to, to because we want to be able to enjoy ourselves, but also appreciate the value of what's being brought to us and not be wasteful. Uh, so uh, you know, also uh, buying smaller plates, Kevin, or cups. You don't necessarily have to have a really you know large plate, but do the smaller petite plates. It is also a great way not to have a lot of food waste.
1: But, you know, we were talking earlier in the show with Mike from Waveland, who was put on a great spread, but he was talking about Cornish hens. And during the break, again, we were talking about that, and I had mentioned that it's sort of a, a single-serving thing. But you suggested maybe halving those to, and to have smaller portions so, again, that people will not overtake and then put something on their plate and not be able to finish it. So small portions, I guess, would be a good way to make sure that no food gets wasted And also, you know, on holiday and Christmas uh, dinners, we often talk about get a little bit of everything, but don't get too much. And again, on a cookout like this, if there's a lot of stuff that you really like – Take very small portions of each one so you get a good bite, good flavor, but you don't end up wasting or overeating.
2: Absolutely, because I think etiquette should follow you everywhere you go. And even when you're having fun, you want to be mindful of, you know, just really good manners and, again, being grateful for what you have. So, uh, you know, even when you're doing your barbecue ribs, instead of doing the whole tips, you may want to do just rib tips and cut them into smaller portions. That's a great way to do that. You know the kids are going to, you know, chunk down, a thousand hot dogs so a lot of times Kevin you can buy the mini buns if you don't want to do that get the regular buns and just cut them in half especially when you're dealing with the little tykes uh, you know and and uh, creating little samples of food as, instead of you know really large plates of food.
1: Sliders would work well too the little mini hamburgers uh, Absolutely. that would be a lot of fun. That's going to wrap us up for today. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting, Think Radio, funded by generous contribution from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Java Chapman. So for Deborah Hunter and our guests, Patrick Bradley and James Lee, I'm Kevin Farrell. Stay tuned. Up next, it's Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey, followed by Southern Remedy at 11. We'll be back next Monday at 9 for another Deep South Dining, heard only on MPB Think Radio.